Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest has been working in the fitness and food industry for the past 10 years. From a young age, he always had the desire to go off on his own and start his own business. His journey began in the fitness industry and over the past few years has managed to help set up multiple gyms where he supports them as a strategic consultant. Back in 2016, he started his first business called B09 Sandwich Shop and then in 2018 decided to change tactics and rebrand the company under the name Matter Nutrition. He decided to enter into the meal plan industry where he has now successfully grown his business to become one of the top rated meal plan companies in Dubai. During this episode, we discuss his journey of self-discovery. He shares with us his personal experiences and the challenges he faced with starting a business. And he talks about the importance of self-belief in order to achieve your goals and ambitions. I've known him since we were seven years old. He's one of my best friends. And if there's someone that can connect you to possibly anyone, he's your guy. The social butterfly that's truly a house cat at heart. Please welcome to the show, my homie, Mr. Tariq Rumi. Hey man, how you doing? All good man, all good. How you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm very good. I'm very good. Thank I'm excited you. to be here. Thank you for coming. Appreciate it. Yeah. So I thought I'd start the conversation like I have in the other podcasts, just talking about what podcasts you like to listen to and why you like to listen to them. Um, my favorite one is How I Built This. Oh, you mentioned it to me the other day, the NPR one, right? NPR by Guy Raz. Okay. Uh, basically, it's a podcast about companies in dubai uh well in dubai globally uh that are here in dubai as well and how they built their companies in different ways whether it's um a restaurant like chipotle or um ibm and uh it's just very interesting and it's just interesting to go deep into um although a lot of people work hard the main theme is always luck luck so it's always very interesting to see how they got lucky what were the one thing that or two things that got them or helped get them very lucky okay and yeah. is there because i'm guessing you've listened to a bunch of them was there a specific company or a specific someone did something really like interesting that created like that luck that you're talking about uh there is one girl she's the uh founder of something called lara bars Lara bars. Lara heard bars. Of it. uh, it's a it's a bar from the states. It became popular like ten years ago before bars were popular, like protein bars like and stuff. Protein bars. Okay. More nutrition bars. Okay. So it was like very popular back then, and basically her story of just how she made it and what she did and just like the things she had to go through was quite crazy. You know, it's just like small things, you know, like she had to meet the right person at the right time at the right place. Mm. And uh, she spoke to them and she told them like, hey, try it. They said no. And then they tried it elsewhere and they said, this is the best thing I've had. So it was just very cool to see that. Uh, Chipotle was a good one. Um, How did they start? I have no idea what their story is. Okay. uh, The Chipotle guy is crazy because basically he had... Uh, he was a chef and he was like, he wanted to open a Michelin star restaurant. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All and right. basically he, uh, to fund his Michelin star restaurant, he used to, he used to go a lot to the state, uh, to uh, California. He was from Colorado. Okay. Okay. So he used to go to all these taco joints and then he was like, uh, I'm just going to open a taco burrito joint. But I want to make it as simple as possible. Okay. So I want to give them like three options of this, three options of that. 
and we try and uh, that's he literally took the smallest place in the most random area and had like four seats or five seats and he just opened and he wasn't sure if it was going to work from day one it was packed really yeah Really? So Literally. what was he doing that was so different to, I guess, the other taco mm. places? Cause I, I he just focused on the ingredients. Like, because he had the expertise as a, uh, as a chef. trained chef, sure. uh, he was able to make his beef taste better or chicken marinated differently. Mm. And uh, that helped quite a bit. So okay. that was a very interesting one. Um, I'm trying to think what other ones were interesting. Um. Well, moving into the other podcasts that I listened to, yeah. uh, the craziest two that I've heard were um, from a guy called Samuel Ross. Okay, uh, so it's on a podcast called Business of Hype. Business, yeah, I actually, I actually started listening to it last yeah. few days. But it's go good. ahead. Uh, what do you think of it? What I really like about it is that. The podcast is about an industry that I'm have I'm completely like not familiar with, like fashion and like creativity and like art and music, and I know nothing about that industry. So today I listened to one he that he did with Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park. Yeah, that was my favorite one. Man, it's so cool, and to hear their story of how like the arguments they had with the labels and yeah. you know the vision they had for the company and like their whole story, man, yeah. it was insane. The Jay Z thing was one of the cool. I, yeah. They brought him out of retirement. Yeah. What the f- who does yeah. that? Yeah. Who gets them out of retirement? So that was very crazy. Uh, but within that, there is one guy called Samuel Ross. Okay. Samuel Ross is basically the founder of something called the Cold Wall, which is one of the biggest brands right now globally. Really? Yeah. It doesn't. It's not our vibe. It's very contemporary, technical fashion wear. Okay. Um, you can check it out, and you can you can link people on this. But sure. uh, basically, he started at nineteen. Okay, and like this is the ideal, like craziest story of luck. Okay. Okay. So he started at 19, and basically he's this British kid, um, very, like, he's very creative, very gifted. Yeah. Okay. And he used to do clothing, and he used to do random things, but are you familiar with Virgil Abloh? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I see him yeah. all over the place, like, okay. posting, yeah, yeah. So basically, the way he became, the way Samuel Ross became famous is he... DM'd Virgil Abloh okay. uh, on Instagram, okay, okay. obviously, as, as you people do, do now. Yeah. Um, and he DM'd him basically asking him, like, hey, can we work together or can I work for you? And it just so happened Virgil Abloh has, like, 2.63, 3 million, maybe 4 million followers. Wow. But it just so happened that he, Virgil Abloh happened to be on his phone. At that so, time. So he looked at it and he he opened the message. And then he checked Samuel Ross's work and literally then he's like, cool, let's start working together. They made uh, a lot of Kanye West's album covers. Uh, They made so many random things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so basically Virgil Abloh gave uh, gave, uh, uh, Samuel Ross his first platform. First big break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And since then, like Samuel Ross is now top five designers in the world. Wow. Yeah. He's like 25, 26. Yeah, yeah, he's killing it. Man, those stories are crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, 
right place, right time. Like, what were the, what are the chances that, for example, he was on his, his phone, phone at that time? If he wasn't, he was going to miss that message. Of course, He's imagine how many like people. Exactly. exactly, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, that that's the crazy part about it. So he got a big break. Um, so I listen to Business of Hype. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Tim Ferriss show. Tim Ferriss, uh, everybody's Tim Ferriss fan. Um, what do you like about? I'm curious because everyone likes Tim Ferriss for like a different reason. I feel you know what what is it about him that you like? What, you, why do you listen to him? He interviews interesting people that other people may not interview. So recently okay. he interviewed somebody that owns like a real estate empire. Okay. Uh, and just understanding how that or why that person inter- is is who he is is interesting to me. Uh, he also interviews people like I'm very interested in uh, performance, like uh, mind performance or uh, human performance in general and leveling up. Not really hacking, but just leveling up. And uh, Tim Ferriss does that, like interviews the right people for that. Um, okay. And his influence is so strong it's so strong it's crazy like i have a friend who has uh shout out ryan doors uh <laughs> yeah plug it in friend, for sure. uh, who basically had a supplement that was in tropic okay. so it's basically a mental supplement so it helps okay. you focus okay okay and tim ferris was interviewing somebody and basically Towards the end of the show, it wasn't a plug. It wasn't an advertisement. None of that. Yeah. Basically, Tim Ferriss said, like, oh, I'm using this, uh, this supplement called uh, Utopia by DeNovo Nutrition. And uh, so far, it's really good. Literally, the next day, they sold out. What? Literally. <laughs> that's, how, that's how influential he is. Wow. You know? So, like, it's crazy to me how somebody has that kind of influence. And uh, one thing about Tim Ferriss is he's willing to experiment. He's willing to interview random people that nobody's heard of, as well as the most important people on earth. Yeah, you know. So he recently interviewed some guy that everybody hates. Uh, politically, he's in the oil industry, and he's really like bad in quotation marks politically. Uh, so like people were like, why the, why would you interview him and things like that? So mm-hmm. it was just very, very, very interesting. Um, and then just other podcast, hundred percent, hundred percent, always, always, always Gary V. <laughs> yeah, Gary V. Gary V is the best. Gary V is he's such no bullshit. Yeah, he he's is such no bullshit. His 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 stuff isn't out of the box. But he just, it's so consistent and he consistently says the same thing. He consistently tells people to do the same fucking thing. Excuse my language. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Swear, swear. Fuck Uh, it. (laughs) uh, Same thing uh, all the time. And it's just like, he's amazing. He's amazing. So, Do you feel like Gary V, for example, when I first got into him, at the beginning, uh, I hated him. You know, because and I think a lot of people at the beginning, because he's so in your face and so like, like you said, like no bullshit. Yeah. So I'm like, do I like this guy? Like he annoys me in some way. But if you continue watching him, you can't help that the things he's he not says. Say, he he says nothing that's not true. Exactly. He is the most truthful person on earth. Yeah. He says like nothing, but it's everything. Yeah. Anyway, you know, he's not yeah, coming yeah. up with crazy ideas. Yeah, yeah. He's just telling you. He's telling you how it is. Exactly. Go work hard. Yeah. Don't go, complain. Go, don't complain. Be happy. Well, find happiness. 
Manuel what makes you happy. He says those things and literally that's what people need to hear on a day-to-day basis. People shouldn't be hearing like, oh yeah, you know, follow this strategy, do this, do that. That is important, but the day-to-day tactics of how you do those is based off a foundation that Gary V consistently pushes. And that's why he has such a easy barrier to entry. And that's why a lot of people hate him in the beginning. I hated him. Yeah, yeah. I hated him. Straight up. Like, what did Okay, what did you hate about him? What was it about him that you didn't like? That's what I'm curious. Because he just said nothing. Like, he to me, he was like, like, I come from the, from the school of thought that is exactly like Gary V's. Okay. which is just work hard خلاص like the, it's it's literally work hard leverage your luck and don't be an asshole it's it's those three things yeah. you know uh so i come from that background and then i'm like man what is this guy saying he he's not saying anything out of the box he's just putting it in an annoying arrogant way yeah, you know? yeah, and he's exactly, utilizing yeah. himself and utilizing his story but then you see how consistently he says it how consistently he does it and you realize like holy shit this guy is doing it to genuinely help people he's building his brand of course but of course. he's genuinely helping people and he genuinely gives the same no bullshit advice every single time and he teaches people about humility that was one of the best things like he's so good at teaching people about humility like no matter what you do you are a human at the end of the day and you are pretty much like you you're everything but you're also nothing you mm-hmm. know so just be humble yeah and he's so good at that like he's like the, the small things for me about Gary V like do you know how his house looks no do you know what car he drives nope do you, have you seen his family no all these things he's he has all those as part as a big part of his life but nobody sees them you know it's fully separate it's fully separate and he keeps it humble he doesn't need to show everyone his house you know his thing is he wants to buy the jets that's his goal he always that's it like you know like that's that's what he wants to be known for Mm -hmm. but everything else i'm humble about it people don't need to know you know so one thing i really like about what he says coming back to that humility part is when he talks about companies and says the importance of treating your people like right and treating people with like kindness instead of just like shitting on everyone all the time you know what i mean like to get to where you want to go isn't it better to treat people in a kind way people are going to be more they're going to want to work for you in that way do you know what i mean people are the most important thing man people are the most important thing they're the biggest asset you have exactly you know they're everything for every person's company so yeah they're not happy you're probably not going to be doing well exactly you know? so yeah fully agree um yeah i think those are the main podcasts i listen to I, i'm a big fan of seth godin yeah the uh, marketing right yeah the marketing guy yeah um he has a podcast it's it's very interesting it's just basically about random things and how they're connected all in the world that we live in and things like that and it's quite interesting Do you know, so I wanted to come back to you because you mentioned Tim Ferriss, how he interviews uh, people you might not necessarily hear about. Yeah. But also he does interview some pretty pe- pretty big people that yeah. show up on multiple podcasts. Yeah. What I always find interesting, I'm like, okay, 
what's this guy saying on this podcast? Is it a different experience? You know, because it could be a talk. The, the topic could be about the same thing. How did you yeah. become successful? But each presenter is gonna go at it from a completely different way. Tim Ferriss you know asks the I mean? right questions. Okay, what do you mean by that? What what, what would the he right? He dives what are the right deeper questions? than most people, and he dives into the emotional aspect of people's, uh, I guess, thought processes. Okay. Uh, so does Guy Raz from How I Built This. Like, one of the best questions they both ask always is like, "So how did you feel at that moment?" Mm. You know, and it's like, "Oh, I felt like my world was gonna end. I felt like this. I felt like that." But then you like are tuning in and you're like, but what did they do? You know, how did they get out of that moment? Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, that's really like why I liked him first. Um, he interviewed my, like he interviewed somebody that very recently changed my life. Okay. okay. Uh, he interviewed a Lebanese guy called Tony Fadal. Okay. okay who is known as the father of the iPod, okay? Okay. And Tony Fadal on that podcast spoke about something called general magic. Ah, yeah. You mentioned this to me. Let's explain to everyone what that is. General magic is the best company ever (laughs) that nobody's heard of. That's true, yeah. And uh, general magic was a company that was 30 years ago. Um, Basically, the best way to explain it is they made everything that we use today in regards to all technology 30 years ago but they were literally 30 years too early and i don't want to ruin it for anyone everyone just go watch general magic it's the best documentary ever and it just shows how like i cried at the end i know a lot of friends cried at the end it's it's not like it's just such a nice hopeful documentary and it's amazing that's all i can say Mm. so general magic is one of the most important documentaries I've watched ever. So how did it so how did it change your life? What did it change for you? It just gave me hope. In the most random way, it just gave me hope. It gave me blue sky thinking. Like I used like when I was 18, like you know this about me. I told everyone I'm not going to get a job. <laughs> yeah. At 18. Yeah, that's true. At 18, I knew From I was From day gonna, 1. Like, From day 1. I'm like, I'm not going to get a job. I'm going to do my own thing yeah. and so many people called me out they're like you can't do that blah, blah blah i still had that until i was 23 24 literally until i was 24 everyone's like you can't do that you know this and that you know it's not realistic all that um, 29 now i still haven't had a job I still don't have a 90 i've never had a <laughs> 95 um you work longer than that anyway <laughs> yeah um I don't mind the working longer than that, but I think the value and the the uh, stubbornness of I'm not going to get a job, I will do anything to not do that is like, it's stuck in my head, yeah. you know? So at 18, I read a book by Seth Godin called Lynchpin. Okay. And it's basically about how important you are as a human being and how do you shape yourself to become an important human being in whatever you're doing. Okay. And that was the reason why I decided I'm not going to get a job. 11 years later, I watched, and that that shaped my life for the last, 
11 years, 10 years. Okay. Uh, and then um, at 29, I watched General Magic. Okay. And General Magic had that same effect, but it basically was like, hey, you can change the world. You can become like an Elon Musk or or like a General Magic or a Steve Jobs. You know, you can do that. You just have to go for it. Okay. You know, and that's that like, like that now that's stuck in my head. Mm. I don't know what and I don't know how, but now I know that that's like another calling. It's a possibility. No, it's a calling. It's not a possibility. It's a okay. happening thing. Okay. You know, so like now I know, like I visualized like 10 years ago, I visualized, cool, I'm going to be doing my own thing. I'm going to be well known for doing my own thing. Now I visualized, okay, how am I going to change the world? Okay. I don't need to be well known for it, but how am I going to do that? So I've completely uh, internalized it. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess the next question should be, how do you want to change the world? Not necessarily, like, do you know what kind of, uh, I don't know, business, industry, idea? What do you, like, what do you, what do you want? Absolutely no idea. Okay. Absolutely nothing to do with, I don't know. Okay. I'm, I, I'm quite into sustainability right now. Like, I keep it very low key because I don't, like, I really don't like extreme far left uh, thinking where you tell everyone, oh, I'm offended by this. I don't like this. You shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I keep it to myself. Okay. But that's something that interests me quite a bit. So I'm just like, yeah, let's let's see what, where that goes. And then um, another thing is just making people happy. Happy. Not from the element of like, hey, you should be happy, but like really taking into account like, um, I'm very bad at empathy so learning to take empathy in and this is all my friends know this they are like Khaled's here he can attest to that <laughs> uh, but taking that learning from that and being able to like one channel it I think one of the best things is because I don't know how to do it I don't have any set rules Okay. Okay. So it's kind can, of free. I can do. I can do, I can do whatever I want, and if it works, it works. Okay. And that's one of the best skills on earth. Not knowing how to do something, somebody that is in an industry that's completely different from your industry and comes in will have things that they learned from another industry. This is just applying to business, but it applies sure. to absolutely everything. Uh, and they will have a different way of doing something that is so out of the box and so unorthodox that it might just work. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's so, true. So. The building on uh, so funny that you mentioned that because I was just now in the car, like driving home, and I was listening to the Mike Shinoda podcast. And so when he, so when he went to do Fort Minor, the guy asked him, Vince Staple, who's the host of it, he asked him, he's like, oh, so did you tell your your colleagues about like Fort Minor? And he's like, no. And I was like, what? I was surprised, and the guy's like, why? He's like. Like not it's not that I didn't want to tell them, but he's like, there's I had this idea for Fort Minor. This is exactly how I wanted it to be, and I knew if I to- asked people about it or like tried to get their opinion about it, it's gonna influ it's gonna influence Impact how w- I think how I think about it and what the idea yeah. is. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent, and I fully agree with that. I actually think everybody 
in one way or the other, I'm very, 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 very insistent on this, should be selfish with certain thoughts, certain um, actions, okay. because if not, they will start to get influenced by others. You know? Uh, if I go, if I'm saying all these things right now and somebody does something out of this, I've influenced them. It's not truly their thoughts. Okay. You know? Okay. Uh, so that's how I think about it, and that's why like self discovery is extremely important. Yeah. So perfect. You're set, you're taking this conversation fantastic. Yeah. So let's go to the let's go to self discovery. Okay. Number one, what does that mean to you? And okay. maybe you could walk me through or walk us all through what the journey has been. And oh, there was a when I did that thing the la- last week, the podcast thing. Yeah. They so we had to, there was an exercise we had to interview the other person and there was a moment the question was tell me the moment where everything changed for you and I was like ooh that's a fantastic question so do you have like was there an epiphany moment that sends you on this journey of self discovery or maybe just walk us through I've how, had how like five them? I know them oh you know them yeah yeah fantastic I know them very clearly let's go tell us uh, number one in high school. Omar Mirza and I getting told that you guys need to be stronger to play football. Okay. That just changed my life because I was like, holy shit, I'm weak. I need to start training. Okay. That, as as you know, I'm not anymore, but I was obsessed <laughs> yeah. with fitness and yeah, health. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that was one. Another one was obviously reading Lynchman. Number three was uh, I went through a really bad relationship, mm-hmm. you call that, in 2014. Was it that recent? Yeah. Really? It yeah. feels like longer than yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, 2014. Uh, and that like just changed my thought process as a human being. Uh, number four... I would say realizing that fitness and health is uh, fitness, not health, fitness and the obsession of fitness and the obsession with being absolutely uh, so rigid about absolutely everything is not necessarily a big thing. And then the fifth one is seeing watching General Magic. Okay. I already know them all. And each one had a very different impact on my life. Like first one, obviously, I wouldn't be having the career that I have now if it wasn't for, I forgot, Mr. Biles. Uh, Remembers the name yeah, yeah, too. Mr. Biles telling us that we need to become stronger. That led me just like, started training, became obsessed with it, got super into the fitness industry, met some of the greatest athletes in the world, literally, um, pretty much like, Started one of the biggest communities, weightlifting, powerlifting communities in the UAE. Led that into a business. Opened a meal plan company. Consulted in fitness, in the fitness industry. And now I'm still heavily involved in that. Yeah. So, like, literally, that was the first one. Yeah. You that kickstarted it all. Kickstarted it all. Uh, second one, Lynchpin just gave me confidence on doing everything. You know, I, tr- I just realized like um this is so important and what i'm doing is so important to me Mm. and me doing this will make me an extremely i will feel very pivotal 
in what I'm doing and it's extremely like it will have an impact and that's the that's the goal I don't do it for the SaaS you know I don't mm. care about owning my own business I really don't you know I just care about the fact that I own my business because that means I know that I don't have to work for anybody else <laughs> it's very simple um number three the relationship uh it just yeah i don't know i just i feel like i matured that's like the only way to say it is i grew up in that instance what uh, you, sorry to interrupt you you matured in because it's interesting in what way what what changed like in your mind <laughs> like in your mindset what were you think before that relationship how did you think for example and then how did you think after that you're i like, was very I, naive before the relationship okay then i became spiteful okay and then i um then i just realized like shit life is isn't not i'm not gonna say fair life isn't fair everyone knows that but like you just have to take advantage of your life if you don't take advantage of your life you're not gonna you're just gonna feel like low all your all the time like you guys know you guys used to come to my house to have to pick me up because I wouldn't leave my house. <laughs> that's how, yeah. you know, like that's I how, yeah. So like, that's how it was. And then number four, I forgot what I said for number four. What was number four? I know five was the general magic. Oh, number four is, uh, yeah, basically when I started doing my own work, I had a huge, uh, like I had like an identity crisis because I was in the fitness industry, but I stopped training because I was so busy. And I had this huge internal identity crisis where I, till today, get anxiety going to the gym, to warehouse gym. That's why I don't go. Really? Yeah, because I feel like I don't belong there anymore. Because you, know? you because you stopped training, so now you feel like I can't be a. I, I don't belong there. I can't say I'm part of this industry, but not train because that's know? part of it. Yeah, but I I don't belong there, so I just don't go, and I have that with like all the gyms that I'm as- affiliated or associated with. I pretty much like. It sounds funny, but like I have a free membership. Pretty much every single gym in Dubai. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Literally that every single surprising. gym, I have a free membership, but I literally go to none. So it's that's how, like, it's kind of weird. It's a weird identity crisis thing. Uh, but then, like, just in it, I was like, you know what? I'm happy. I don't need to train. I just, I don't need to do any of that. If I don't want to, I'm not gonna, if I'm happy working or if I'm happy doing whatever it is I'm doing, I'm going to do it. I'm happy playing football right now. I'm going to play football. I'm happy playing squash. I'm going to play squash. You know, I'm all the things that made me happy as a kid, you know, that had nothing to do with training per se. I'm just going to do those because it makes me feel like a kid again. Sure. And, uh, and then obviously general magic. And General Magic, literally funny enough, like I just mentioned that, uh, General Magic helped me feel like a kid again. Okay, interesting. That's like, I don't know how. In what way? I don't know. But I felt like, shit, the world 
is like you know when you're a kid you feel like i can do anything like like you see batman i'm like i can be like batman you see yeah, yeah, naruto yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i can be like naruto you know i am naruto everybody's naruto you know um and then obviously you grow older and you're like fuck that like i am just another person general magic brought that back you know i'm like holy shit no i am itachi i am like <laughs> like i am everything that like that represents I, yeah that represents these things so that's what it did for me in a very weird way so okay yeah. what would you say were i guess along the road <laughs> you, i'm sure like all it's first of all fantastic that you can identify those points because not I think not a lot of people I know can by heart, yeah. And not not just not a lot of people can. A lot of people maybe are not aware of the moments that you know those moments that they had. But also, what I've learned in my journey of self discovery that those that journey comes with a lot of challenges and like a lot of like you know pers- personal challenges, a lot of like emotional things and like baggage and like stuff you've had from the past that you have to get over. So, what was maybe some of the challenges that you know you struggled with, and what was hard for you to get over for example i still struggle with empathy empathy i still struggle with um showing people how i care about them you know again you're one of my best friends you know all our friends know people know that about me i might love somebody to death like if they call me at five in the morning i will go do whatever they need for them at four in the morning uh <laughs> but if I don't want to do something, I'm just not going to do it. And I don't care if it hurts their feelings. Like mm-hmm. I know that about myself. So that's a big challenge for me. And it's always been a challenge for me because I view the world as in a self-centered manner where it revolves around me. Okay. So I know that it's wrong, but I still do it, okay. you know, and that's a big challenge. Uh, Another big challenge, I guess, is I think one of the biggest challenges, and a lot of people have this, is just people not getting you. you not know? getting you? Yeah. So so I don't, like, when I do something, I do it with a vision. Like, I want to say, like, for example, I want to play the orchestra. Okay. You know, I want to be the maestro in the orchestra and I want to be the person that's guiding every single piece to make this perfect musical piece uh, per se. If one person or five people or five musicians in this orchestra uh, or in this ensemble basically don't get that and they play something wrong, I get like annoyed and I get triggered and I get like no but you're wrong mm. they might be very right yeah, yeah, yeah. but for me From you are wrong oh yeah they're 100% wrong and I will not I, I will fight them to the death and I will always do that I learned to let go because I don't think like uh, some battles are not worth it sure but I am the kind of person that if I see it if it affects me and I see it as wrong I will go out of my way to prove otherwise when you say affects you do you mean that uh, in terms of effects like your vision of you have such a picture a perfect picture of how this should work of how no no not necessarily how it should work or maybe how you want it to work 
And when, you know, someone goes against that vision, that's when you feel like maybe not like you're being, like you said, they don't get you or do you feel like you're being attacked in a way I'm not because a, of that? I'm not attacked, but I, 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 it's what you said. Like, it's not the vision. Mm. It's as simple as that. It's not the vision. So I don't want it. You know, mm. it's not like if it's not perfect for me, then it's not good enough. Okay. You know, and I have this problem with a lot of things in my life and I'm always that person, you know, uh, think of it as a, like, um, as a football player, Yeah. you know, you scoring the goal is the end goal, right? Uh, scoring, putting the ball in the back of the net is the end goal, but I want it to be perfect. I want it. I want to have those three passes Mm-mm. i want to have that lead up that curve that that, maybe. that, that beautiful lead up mm. to end to that end goal and if i don't get that i have that a lot like it comes out a lot in me in video games that's how i let it all out <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh i have if it doesn't come out sure it's we had we got the we achieved the goal but i'm not satisfied interesting i would want to do it again you in know, your way. In my way. Okay. And I'll try it again to do it. And I, I I might screw up, you know. Again, this is just like on video games, but like it applies to life. I do this in life. Sure. I hurt myself because like I hurt myself training because I wanted to do something in a specific way and I wasn't able to and I kept doing it until I hurt myself. Mm. So. Do you think the challenge, because hearing what you're saying, it sounds like the challenge isn't necessarily your vision, but maybe the lack of control. Do you know what I mean? Sense. In the sense that you want it, like you said, you want it to be exactly in this way and you want to control how every piece moves to get to that goal. So maybe the issue isn't necessarily the end goal that bothers you. Maybe it's sometimes you got to that end goal, for example, like you said, but you didn't get it in the way you want. So you felt like it wasn't in the control that you had. 100%. Or that you 100%. It's just the fact that I don't have that the thing is, when something's completely out of my control, I can't do anything about it. I've fully accepted that. We're right now having this coronavirus thing. Whatever happens, happens. It's as simple as that. Like, I fully, that's how I think. But when I have the control mm. and it doesn't work out the way I planned it, then I get annoyed. Okay. You that know? makes I can I can understand well, that. What, let's come back. I want to take. Sorry, please go ahead. Yeah, I just want to add one thing. Yeah, yeah, though. Go ahead. Control doesn't necessarily mean knowing exactly what's going to happen next. Okay. 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 It's systematic chaos. That's okay. always the best way. I always put it that way. Control doesn't necessarily like if we if I do something and the vision is x but the way i got to x wasn't exactly as i planned it but it was still amazing i'm happy with that Mm. you know if i had to uh if i want to make the greatest product on earth okay and the greatest product on earth meant a specific thing but somebody came up with something else and uh, it wasn't what I planned, but it worked even better. And I see that, then I'm happy to be like, okay, fine. You know, 
cool. It works with the vision. You know, my vision changed. You know, so I'm happy to, like, I'm happy to say I'm wrong sometimes. Yeah. Not all the time, but sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to bring it, I wanted to take the, this whole thing you're talking about, about control and, you know, reaching your end goal and bring it back to, let's go back to when you started your first business. Remember? bo9 the sandwich shop and like from you went from there to like where you are now so walk me through why don't you walk all of us through like that journey how you went from there to now and maybe some of the challenges you went through that people could probably learn from uh okay so the the quick story is we had a restaurant at a restaurant uh, it was doing okay wasn't killing it by any means um but i wanted more and I was heavily in the fitness industry. I was drunk in Sweden. Okay. Okay. And I was like, yep, I'm going to make a meal plan. I have the kitchen. It was November in Sweden. I came back end of November. I'm like, guys, I'm going to make a meal plan. Everyone was like, what? I'm like, yep, it's happening. It's going to... It's happening and I'm going to do it. And I don't care what anybody says. Uh, I have family involved in the business. I have friends that gave me feedback. Literally, there are people now, like, I'm not going to say names. They were like, that's ridiculous. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm still going to do it. And I did it. Uh, Blew up. Amazing. I learned a lot of things there. And I'll bring those things up. And... Now we are in the second phase of that and it's doing even better. And yeah, I, I didn't listen to people along the way and I won't listen to people now. I know what I, I know what works and I know what people want. So I'll just do what people want. Okay. You know, um, the hard things, the struggles that I learned, I had in doing these things. Yeah, like starting uh, a business and, you know, and you're because you're involved in like, Every time I fucking see you, there's like there's a new business. When I've been, every time I used to come back from Amsterdam, yeah. I'm like, so tired. What are what you doing hell? now? What are you doing now? Literally yeah. every single time that was the question. Um, so one of the main things, I guess, well, of course, people getting your vision is a very, very, very big challenge. Um, one of the main things I feel like is a struggle is really understanding the patience required for making things happen. Okay. Um, I hate this statement, but it's true. Like Rome wasn't built in a day. (laughs) And uh, literally understanding that something big requires time, one year, two years, maybe 10 years, you know. Um, It was extremely challenging for me because I just wanted everything now. And uh, I, I would never get that. So I felt like consistently like, fuck, I'm not, I'm not living up to what I want to do and I'm not living up to X and I'm not living up to Y. And I hated, I hated that. Mm. I think another big challenge is because uh, like in hindsight, the best advice I can tell somebody is get a job first. Okay. Like be, be somebody's bitch first. Okay, because why do you say that? Because there's so many skills that I still now don't have that absolutely every single person that had a job will 
that has more than me. You like, know? like what, for example? Corporate structure. That's the only way to put it. Um, understanding certain things about the corporate structure that is there for a reason. There is a reason why corporate companies are multi-million, multi-billion dollar or dirham companies uh, that I just never had and I still don't have and I never learned. And I, I, I don't know if I'll learn, but somebody I bring on board can learn that. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's like something. Uh, the interesting thing is like my dad, mm-hmm. like bless him, like he's doing really well for himself. He also followed my footsteps. I followed his footsteps. He never had a job. So he literally had a job for half a year. Really? That's that's it? That's it. What was he doing? Like he that was a salesman job? in okay. Dubai. Okay. And then he's like, fuck it, I'm going to go do my own thing. And his granddad, well, my granddad, his dad, was the same thing. He worked for himself. Okay. So like it kind of runs in the family. Mm-hmm. But again, because it runs in the family, none of us have any understanding of how corporate structure works. Okay. So we just... Like we create our own structure. Okay. It's as simple as that. So would you say the structures you have in your business now, your businesses now is not corporate? Because to build a business, you're going to have to create some kind corporate. of structure. Definitely not corporate. I learn along the way. I have a lot of people teach me these things. I just like, okay, cool. We're going to do this. Implement. We're going to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big challenge. Um, obviously, just learning about things like, I had no experience in doing many things, so I had to learn about things. I had to understand that a lot of things might not be the way I want them to be. Like, I remember the first time we did a food tasting, it was wrong and it wasn't good. So I took the sandwich knife and I was so pissed. Like, I I will never forget this day. I was so pissed that I started cutting the bread myself and then I cut my finger and then I just left. I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. You know, it's like, that's how triggered I got. Sure. Um, so there's that. And uh, struggles, struggles. When things are not going well, just be optimistic. Mm. That's one of the, like, when I'm not an optimistic person by nature. Okay. Uh, like, I'm a panicker. I'm a warrior. I don't bring it out on the world, but internally I panic and worry. And the people like the closest people to me, like not my best friends, not even my family, like I guess my partners or sometimes my family, they get the the short end of the stick, mm. you know? So they see that and that has an impact on that those relationships obviously and things sure. like that so uh understanding that you know what if something goes wrong it goes wrong we fix it tomorrow you know or we fix it today so i think that was a very big challenge like i used to wake up hmm. so at one point i was doing deliveries and i was the customer service person for our company like we didn't have many clients we had like 120 clients it wasn't much uh but I would actually wake up with anxiety and I was so scared to look at my phone because I was like, something went wrong today and I'm going to get an anxiety attack. You know? And uh, sometimes things went wrong and 
I got sad and I got annoyed and I got depressed, but whatever, you know, mm. whatever. Now, now I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Things go wrong. It's under 5%. I don't care. Yeah. I literally don't care. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Like that, those are really the main big challenges and just really understanding that you as a human being are going to make mistakes. Every single one of us is going to make a shit ton of mistakes. Oh, yeah. With your friends, with your family, with your relationships, with your work, with your business, with your life. You know, we have all made mistakes and we're going to continue to make mistakes. So just understanding that and then just having like honestly having such high expectations of every of anything is bound to lead to a letdown. For sure. That's like the biggest thing i had such high expectations of myself in the fitness and health industry it screwed up with my mind because now i hate being around that mm. you know but as soon as i don't have expectations it is what it is that's what it is yeah. so how did you get better at managing those expectations you know because you still want to have you still have you still want to have the best of everything have a successful company you want to be you know all, all that kind of stuff so how do you start managing that and you know keeping a level head and working towards it pick your battles that's the only way pick your battles okay not everything's gonna go my way okay i've accepted that but within the things that i have control be so fucking rigid about how meticulous you're gonna make it happen that whatever is in your control make it happen in such a good way that the things that are out of control doesn't even matter. Like as Gary Vee says, play so hard to your strengths that your weaknesses don't show. Ah, oh, that's great. Yeah. Play that's so great. hard. Like take full advantage of your strengths. Yeah. You know, if I know that, like I know for a fact that put me in a room with anybody, I will walk out with being their friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that. Yeah. How do I leverage that? Yeah. That it's ability. As as that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, so, so that's, that's a, I think that's a good answer for you. And that's a fantastic answer. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so to come back to your point about, you know, how you, you like want things to be a certain way and, you know, you can sometimes be rigid in, uh, in what you want. Now, we both know that you collaborate with like, God knows how many people, man. Okay. A lot of people. A lot of people. And across a variety of like businesses and like industries. So how do you collaborate and still be comfortable with it? Not, you know, be that, how does that rigidness, because the rigidness almost seems to go against the collaboration aspect. Do you know what I mean? If we don't share the same vision or an extremely similar vision, we don't collaborate. Okay. It's a very easy answer. So like, collaboration people should be collaborating when they find common ground okay a lot of the times people don't people collaborate because oh yeah it's cute you know collaboration is the new cool uh if i don't see a re if if somebody's vision and my vision are completely different we're never gonna move forward or we're gonna have a lot of issues Mm -hmm. i've had that before yeah so the first step is really understanding that hey there is common ground between both parties okay because if there is then 
it's 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 well and dandy you know and again it goes back to the same thing if there are issues pick your battles certain things somebody might want them the specific way you give it to them but the things that you want you fight for them mm -hmm. which i've done yeah and sometimes i've lost yeah you know and it happens but it's it's like a f big defeat but do you have okay. an example of that that you could share very personal example so i'm not going to share it but okay. Okay. uh no need like i left the company for a full year mm -hmm. because i didn't win certain things okay it's like as simple as that like i left athlete for a full year because i didn't win on certain things and because what i felt was my vision was not being acquired and i didn't want to be there anymore mm -hmm. so i literally left like that's how simple it was sure the company stopped doing well as soon as i left mm -hmm. it's like it's not because of me directly but there is an impact yeah so. and so then when you went back to when you went back to athlete in that year what did you guys well i guess what did you learn in that year because I'm because you did a bunch of other things in that year. So when you went back, you must have gone back, you know, with a different mindset, different, you know, experiences that you went through. Or I learned to be more humble. That was the most interesting one, and I learned to keep expectations low. Like not to, like I not keep expectations low. I learned to pick my battles. Okay, that's the better way to say it. Uh, I learned to be a bit more humble. Like I don't have infinite money. My family doesn't have infinite money. Uh, I might die at any moment, literally at any moment. So realizing that as long as we have the same vision, how do we make things work? That's how I approach things now. Okay. You know? But again, within certain elements that are important to me, I'm extremely cutthroat on them. Sure. So. You've mentioned a couple of times uh, the uh, point about picking your battles. Yeah. So I'm guessing over your over the years, over the experience, you've learned how to pick your battles and what battles to pick, and you know what things you have to let go of. So let's say you're trying to explain to someone, how do you know? Like, how can you give someone advice and like this is a battle you should take, or I think this is one you're gonna have to let go. So. It's interesting because I think the best way to answer that is asking yourself, do both parties go out of this with a greater good? Okay, that's number one. And then number two, what have I really, what will I really gain Slash, what will I really lose if I choose to fight this battle? So is that, do you mean in terms of like, what's the harm and what's the benefit? What's the, not harm, because I don't think there's, everyone, people pick their, pick people battle, especially when they're collaborating, because there's a disagreement on what is the benefit. Okay. Like, you don't, you don't, like, you disagree with somebody because in a business or in life because you think that the good slash benefit is different from what they think is the good slash benefit mm -hmm. you know 
so it's not really uh like it's not really good and bad or benefit not benefit it's like what do i really come out with you know that is a positive and what do i really come out to i really personally come out with that is a negative okay so if i realize that you know what like i gave into something small and the the overall picture is still fine i let that battle go okay but if i feel like that overall picture is going to be shifted in a way um and or and or i feel like whatever we are shifting that picture for or whatever we agree upon is not the best option and or is actually a bad option then i'll fight for it uh, i think the best way to explain that and the best way to give you an example of this yeah, is um let's say you and me are right now deciding to go to a restaurant okay, okay? all right this is very simple you know um we both decided that we want sushi okay okay but you chose uh sumo uh sumo sushi which is a fast casual relatively medium priced restaurant okay uh because your vision for sushi looks like that and i chose zuma mm. okay extremely high end cuz my vision for sushi looks like mine okay we are having right now a disagreement yeah on we we both agreed we want to go to sushi we want to have a like we want to go to a restaurant but what that sushi looks like is different okay okay now from your perspective you're viewing it as convenience and you know like both of us agree on taste okay but you're viewing it from convenience and price point for me i'm viewing it as experience and um yeah experience primarily experience okay 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 so if you completely or if i completely view a price point as absolutely nothing and i don't care you know and it's it doesn't mean anything to me sure i'll i'll come to thingy i'll come to sumo but if my value mm, of value. experience mm-hmm. which is like no i i want to eat sushi and i want to have an experience eating it i am not going to budge on that i will not i'll i'll fight you yeah i'll fight you till the end mm-hmm. and i'm like no you know yeah. so really depend on that yeah you know your and value system it, it, it's not really value system it's what you're standing for in that moment or what you're standing for with that vision okay you know if i chose if i said that my vision for sushi is experience then i'm going to fight you but if my vision for sushi you know is sure price point like i don't mind uh, i it's i don't mind it being something else other than experience then you know what we can have a conversation about it yeah you know that's a very simple example yeah yeah but complicated by quite a bit and that's that's the way i choose my battles okay you know so uh, what am i willing to give am i willing to give a lot of my experience for it 
sure, we can go to a Bentoya. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you agree, great. If you don't agree, then we st- we're stuck. Yeah. You know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Interesting. So. You mentioned, because we spoke about this recently, uh, something you read that I thought was super interesting about contracts. The disagreement. Yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah. You, uh, I thought it was super interesting. Yeah. Why don't you, I guess, walk me through it and walk everyone else like through what that means and oh, the whole thinking behind it's it. It's so funny because I was thinking about that just now. Uh, it was on the Tim Ferriss show. It was that guy from the real estate. And basically, he wrote, like, the way he envisions contracts are they're not agreements. They're actually a disagreement paper. Disagreement. Okay? Yeah, so it's a paper that basically says, if we disagree on X, Y, Z, this is what we do, okay? And it's funny because, like, that's literally what I was going to mention. One of the biggest things I learned is to create disagreement papers. Okay. So it's not really a contract, but if we disagree on this and that, this is what we're going to do. If I disagree with you on this, this is how what's going to happen. If you disagree with me on that, that's what again what's going to happen. The way he's the way he put it is the truth is if everybody agrees with everybody on everything, then there's no need to have a contract. But people look at contracts when there are disagreements. True. So that's the way he visioned it and uh and that's that was his advice, and I fully, fully, fully believe in that. It's because I remember when you told it to me; it was so interesting. It's to so mind blowing. It is because you've because it's almost it's a it's almost the reverse of what you kind of how people look at contracts now. You know, we are looking at contracts as a way to work together instead of the way he put it. Like, no, this is how if we don't work together, these this is what's going to happen. It's like. The best way to explain it, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example with me and my business with another business. Okay. They're like 10 times bigger than me. Okay. Okay. We had so many things in the contract that are agreements, okay, that literally, because things are going decent, we haven't done. Yeah. Literally, we haven't done a single one of these things. Sure. From A to Z. Okay. Okay. But we're both happy, so we don't care. Yeah. Now, as soon as one of us is like, yo, I'm not happy, we're going to go to that and we're going to be like, you didn't do this. You didn't Mm. do that. You didn't do this. Exactly. So it's a disagreement contract, not an agreement contract. Because when we're we're both happy, nobody cares. Yeah. You know, I can have a clause saying X, Y, Z and it's funny because I spent six months on that contract. It's a 35-page contract. I wow. was going to call your mom, wow. literally. <laughs> no like way. I was going to call your mom because it was a 35-page contract. Damn. I had three lawyers look at it. Whoa. And yeah, yeah. And literally, it's useless because nothing is like being done. Yeah. And But because we're both happy and we're both chilling... We don't care. Yeah. What would you say about, because you mentioned a good point about, uh, like, in this example, like, working with, like, a bigger business. So, 
sometimes i guess when you're starting out and you want to like collaborate with like a big business you kind of feel like you're not you're like lower and they're like higher than you, you i don't know, feel that. or okay exactly I so, don't feel I want, that. so what give me your mindset behind that or how would you what advice would you give someone when they're going into those kind of meetings and those Ye- kind of conversations read linchpin linchpin you're important you're much more important than you think you are okay your only enemy is you okay right? and I never think that. I just don't go after them, to be fair. Okay. But when an opportunity arises, again, I play completely to my strengths. Mm. Nobody needs to know any weakness that I have. Mm-hmm. I am the best at what I do, and I do it so good that you are going to be like, oh, shit. Like, they're not fucking around. Yeah. You know? So that's always the mentality, no matter who you're going to see, mm. you know? Uh that has one of the most interesting like speaking of on that exact meeting yeah uh i'll tell you the whole story and it yeah, was, yeah. it's actually like really funny i've never felt intimidated before okay until i met the owner of that company okay okay, okay. so basically and you know what's funny is now people are saying like you're growing up to become like him, which is not a good thing, or but not a bad thing as well. Okay. Okay. So basically, it's in the fitness industry. Okay. I showed up to my first meeting with the owner and founder of the company in shorts. Okay. Okay. Mm. And literally, I walk in, and this guy's like dead staring me in the eyes that i learned this now and it's the greatest tactic on earth if you want to intimidate somebody just stare right into their soul okay. just keep looking at their eyes and just grin okay they are gonna feel uncomfortable okay like it's as simple as that they're okay. gonna feel uncomfortable whether they like it or not okay and no matter who i have meetings with now i do that and they all feel uncomfortable you know okay if i want to make them feel uncomfortable yeah um so i entered this meeting and it's yeah it was just crazy it was like literally he looks at me and he's like you're coming into this meeting in shorts and i was like what i did like that's how the conversation started mm. i've never met this guy before good way to start and instantly i started sweating and i started drinking a lot of water and i was like you mean, I'm like, yeah, it's the fitness industry, you know, like we're in the fitness industry. He's like, we have, to, we, we, we do things differently. It's something like that. He just like yeah. put it in my way to like sit the fuck down. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, you're, you're, you're nobody here. Mm. Okay. Mm, yeah. And then he was like, I want to know this and I want to know that. And he just grilled me while staring into my soul the whole time. And I was just like, I I, I panicked and I didn't know how to answer him sometimes, but I kept somewhat of a cool. But then he looks at me and he was like, where are you from? I'm like, I'm Lebanese. And then he's like, I fucking hate working with Lebanese people. Oh, shit. He literally looks straight into my eyes and he's like, like, I'm going to just act it for you. He's like, I fucking hate working with Lebanese people. (laughs) And he just stared. And then I just drank water like calmly and I was like, okay, why do you hate working with Lebanese people? And then he started saying like, they're, they're bullshitters, they do this, they do that, which I don't disagree with, with him on. Uh, and 
then for some reason, I just remembered like, oh, they called me. I didn't come to them. They came to me. Mm. And it just flipped. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was in control again. And I dominated the conversation. And by the end, I was like, by the way, where are you from? He was like, I'm Lebanese. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was Lebanese. What? Yeah. That was not. <laughs> Literally, not expecting he that. turned out to be Lebanese. Okay. And right now, he is the sweetest person between this project. Really? He's like the nicest person. It's just his interrogation technique. Um, but literally, as soon as I remembered, like, we're doing business together. Like, I'm going to get a benefit way more than you're going to get the benefit. If I'm not getting that, then I'm probably not going to be doing this. Or at least my perception is I'm going to get the bigger benefit than you. Mm -hmm. You know? And if I'm not, then no need uh so that's how i approach it now okay i don't care who it is i'm approaching it with it's a collaboration if you think you're bigger than me then no interest okay so to use that example because i i thought of something so you had you were able to have that mindset shift that switch because you're like oh these fucking guys came to me you know you want something like we're, yes, we're going to, like you said, we're going to collaborate and it's a collaboration to work together in business. But you came to me, so kind of I I have that power or that leverage, for example. What if yeah. you, what if now someone, but let's use the same example, like I'm going to you, you maybe the other, that person is not going to be able to have that mindset shift like, oh shit, because this is a huge potential opportunity and they don't want to risk losing it. Yeah, yeah. But can you explain what your question is? Like, what if the 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 situation was flipped? What and you don't have that leverage because you're going to them. You know, you you like reach out to them like, please, I would like to work with you. Not these guys came to you like, oh, you want to work with me? Because it's different. Because like you said, that's very two very different things in terms of like how negotiation can go and where the leverage is. Regardless, I think that this is a learning for everybody. Mm -hmm. If you don't have any value to add, you shouldn't be in this conversation. So if somebody doesn't have leverage and they don't have value to add, they shouldn't be having that conversation in the okay. first place. Okay. You know, and that's the first thing you learn about sales. Mm -hmm. How are you going to convince this person? What? Where's the benefit you're going to show this person? Yep. You know, <laughs> yep. literally. Yeah. Like, I think I'm a very good salesperson okay. because I know how to show people the benefit in a specific thing. Okay. You know, um, so if you go to somebody and you cannot show them the benefit, you probably shouldn't be speaking to them in the first place. Interesting. You know? Mm. So unless you know that that person, when they go home, is gonna are going to think about that, don't, don't waste your time. Okay. You know? Yeah. You have a lot of people doing very average work. And those are the people that are relying on building fake leverage or fake value, mm -hmm. and they won't last. Yeah. So, uh, I wanted to move on to the concept of mentors because uh, that's something that I find very interesting. I know you have like one for f uh, fitness and one for like strategy, but I want to focus on like the fitness guy, for example, because that's how you that's where you started, I guess, your career, or like that's the first thing you were passionate or obsessed about, like you were talking about. Yeah. So, like on the fit. 
on on the mentor perspective, yeah, on a, yeah, on a mentor perspective, I guess. the importance of it, and you know, I think there's always somebody that's gonna know more than you. Okay, so I have no issue asking people for help. Okay, no matter what, like I'll like I'll bring up Ryan. Okay, Ryan is a powerlifting coach he founded that company the supplement company the neurotropic uh, thing the neurotropic right? one yeah, yeah. Uh, and to me he is an ideal human being okay like as okay. a person yeah um, I had no issue asking him for help and I think you ha- holding yourself accountable to that person is extremely important and basically you sh- telling them hey I value you is extremely important because that's when they feel like, okay, cool. I can give you some help now. You know, um, I approach like mentors from, Hey, I know nothing. Help me out. I've done that with many people. Like the most interesting one that I've done is with the biggest meal plan company in London. Mm -hmm. I literally found him on, instagram i found this private account i direct messaged his private account i'm like hey i have a meal plan company in dubai uh i want to sit down with you and i want to learn from you as simple as that mm. i gave him like the whole spiel like yeah you know i look up to you guys blah blah, blah true, which true. is which is true yeah but i i sold it to him a day later we were sitting in a meeting together really yeah no way literally and like now i mean it's not a big deal but like we follow each other on instagram like we speak from time to time yeah but that's how it works yeah. literally so having people show like sh- telling people like hey there are certain things that you do that i value yeah is extremely important mm. and this applies to mentors and also not mentors like if you see somebody doing well be like hey man like how do you do this because they might teach you something that you have no idea exactly. about, yeah, you know, yeah, like sure. you will learn from these people. Mm. And those are like micro mentors at the end of the day, yeah. you know, but mentors per se yeah. is being held accountable to somebody with more experience than you that will be able to guide you objectively on a certain situation. Okay. You know? whether it's fitness, whether it's health, whether it's business, uh, and whether it's life, yeah, you know? Do you think you would have been able to reach the point that you have now if you didn't have a mentor? Or like, and how, I'm guessing the question is, how important do you think it is for someone to have a mentor? Uh, would I reach it now? I don't know. Okay. I really don't know because a lot that's, of times I don't listen to people. Yeah, that's so, fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's so fair. So I, I take their advice, but I just don't listen to it. Um, but how important it is, I think it's extremely important. Like a father figure is extremely important. Yeah. Because no matter what, even at the age of 40, 50, 60, there's somebody older than you that has gone through what you've gone through and they have learnings that they can give you. Yeah. So I think everybody should have somebody older than them, whether they call them a mentor or not, or with more experience than them, to give them some sort of path. Okay. Okay? Yeah. To pave something for them. Yeah. So I think it's extremely important. Okay. In any situation, have somebody that has some sort of path 
to show you the way. Okay. A lot of people pay for that, but sometimes you don't need to. Yeah. You know? True. I'll give you the biggest example, uh, and I'm calling you out, and I'm putting you on the spot again. Put me. But <laughs> Put me. you have the one of the best assets, which is like a, a Jamil, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody who's run a great, successful podcast. You asking him for help and him coming and helping you and doing that is him essentially mentoring you. True. Yeah, that's true. And you do that on a consistent basis. All of a sudden, you actually have a mentor in the podcast industry. Industry, yeah. Shout out to Jamil. Hamburger Generation, by the way. Thanks, buddy. Hamburger Generation. I made that song (laughs) with Mo. But yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that's my importance of mentor. Absolutely. Okay. You need objective perspective. Okay, so not you don't necessarily have to have like someone I'm paying and like I look up to this one person as a mentor. You can have like you mentioned micro mentors or people you look up to or you admire in whatever industry they're doing that you know you appreciate that these guys are successful in what they're doing and try to learn from them. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, so yeah, I wanted to ask you about because you're a fucking uh, you're a very interesting person because you're a social butterfly, but you're also a house cat. At the same time, do you know what I mean? You know, I so it's and it's so interesting to me, and because you're involved in so many different groups, so many different businesses and stuff, and like you tell me these stories, like yeah, this guy here and this guy there, I'm like, whoa, but you always just wanted like I know you deep down, you just want to like some quiet and like to relax and to chill. So why don't you walk me through, I guess the challenges you have with that, and maybe the the importance of like networking and the value that you can get from like that people can get from that. Okay, so. I am an introverted extrovert. Okay. Okay. So like you said, my place of comfort comfort is either alone or with one person, mm-hmm. maximum two. Okay. That's where I am truly who I am. Yeah. You know, I become my complete comfortable self. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but... As soon as I enter a group setting, I literally collapse. Like I collapse mentally. Like I would be able, like I'll give you like two examples. Okay. Okay. Sure. Put me one-to-one with somebody. I I can have the greatest conversations with them. If I meet that same person in a big event setting... I would not be able to hold a conversation. Okay. I don't I would not be able to speak to them and feel comfortable. Okay. I don't know why. But yeah, it is that's... what it is. That's how I am. Okay. You know? Mm. That's where my introvert comes in. I'm just like I don't want to be here. I don't want to be around people and I'm not giving value to that person. Okay. Because well, one of the things actually I do know why from one perspective is there's no like direct line of comms, you know, of communication. Yeah. There's a hundred thousand things happening uh, around us, and I get distracted as well. Sure. So yeah, we're people. Yeah, of course. Um, however, my one-to-one or one-to-two interactions are what they do. Two things. Okay. They give me energy. So, like, I gain when I speak to people and I gain when I hang out with people. Like, the biggest example is, like, literally, if I am working the whole day, 
I would need to either come to your place mm-hmm. or come like see you or see one or two friends or else I would not feel complete. Sure. Okay? Yeah. That's why I am a social butterfly. Yeah. Because that's when where I'm fully complete. Yeah. When you get those moments alone with like certain people, like whoever, whoever you want whoever, to meet, Whoever it is. Yeah. It can be anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will I don't. I won't care. It can be absolutely anyone, as long as it's a one person or two people max. I'm happy to do that. Yeah, you know. So that's where I, like, I'm a bit of both. And the thing is, those one or two people, I, literally, can like. That's my network effect, because that one person or two people are gonna lead me to another one person or two. People. That's where it grows. Mm-hmm. I put us all in one room. I'm gonna walk. like nobody's gonna hear of me. I just walk away. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's a, I'm in Peace. the corner. Yeah, I'm in the corner. I'm hidden. Sure. You know. Okay. So so yeah, that's the that's the main like that's the difference and how of how I've done it. Yeah. And that's how I've always been. Yeah. And isn't do you find it challenging? Because right now you've built probably such a big network across so many different like businesses and stuff like managing all that and keeping like making enough time to have these like you said these one-to-ones these one-to-twos with all these different people like how do you maintain all these relationships do you know what i mean it's a time struggle it's a time suck it's not a suck but it takes a lot of time sure uh but i don't think it's hard see one person a day you know a lot of people sometimes i see like in like groups of four or five but like it it, it's what I value, so I'll do it. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's what I value. So, like, I will still, like, I'll do it no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, like, is it a time, like, is it a struggle? Not really, to be very honest with you. Okay, interesting. Because yeah. I would imagine it would be quite stressful. No. It's stressful when it's, like, 10 people. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> when it's, it's a big group. Yeah, when it's a big group, I'm, I'm, I'm out, yeah. you know? But it's not stressful, like, because I actually enjoy it. Mm. I enjoy t- going with different people for d- dinner. Yeah, because we get to have a catch up. Sure. Yeah, a proper like catch up when exactly. it's just you two people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like I, I have my calendar for next week already, like stacked. Up. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And it's, it's like it's not even like a lot of them are not even work. It's like two p.m., one p.m., one p.m. Lunches are already being set up. Yeah. Because I like. One of them is like, it's like, there's no even reason. I was just looking at, there's literally no reason for me to be doing that meeting or doing that catch up. Yeah. But I'm still going to do it because I know it'll give me some, some. uh, Yeah, you're going to get some value. I'll get a green tick. Sure, sure. For you, for yourself. Exactly. It's not an X. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. What have you found to be, uh, because for example, so I've been out of Dubai for the last few years and I haven't really worked consistently in Dubai. So like the whole working, like, you know, a working life in Dubai, yeah. for example. Um, well, I wanted to ask you, what do you see or what have been the challenges for you working in Dubai? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what what is it? What Like a lot of companies now, like when you're looking for something, they're like, oh, do you have local experience? Like yeah. marketing, do you understand the culture of the people here? How do people do business? You know, so what are like maybe some of the challenges that you still face or that you have faced in the past? So the f- the biggest one sure. is Dubai is tiny. 
Okay. Okay. I know absolutely every single thing about every single person in this country. Okay. 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 If okay. I really want to find out a piece of information about these people, I can find that out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, because so it's so small that everything and everyone's accessible. Okay. Uh, that's one. So is that a benefit or a negative? It's a negative. It's a negative. It's a negative. Okay. Because nobody really keeps to themselves. What do you mean by that? Like. Everyone's looking at what others are doing, and it's so easy to see what others are doing that you just do it. You know, you can copy almost people. You can talk about people. You can know exactly how people's businesses are doing. You know, I, like, literally, I know exactly how people's businesses are doing. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So it's very readily available. Yeah. So, and it's so small. Like, you screw up or you or somebody doesn't like you you have now a big roadblock in your career really yeah so it's as simple as that you know like so i think that's a very big thing about the culture here it's easy to navigate if you do it smartly i'm lucky to be a like now officially i am a non-fitness person in the fitness industry so I deal with zero drama in the fitness industry. Mm. I have no issue. Yeah. You know, if I were, I've I've dealt with it a lot. Like we had somebody wanted to buy wanted to buy us out, like to buy our company. We I, like I said no, I wasn't allowed into his gym. Mm. No. You know, like mm-hmm. it ends up like being like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's a bit dramatic like that, and I know like us that 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 bridge is burnt. You know, so it's it's just very interesting when you when you look at these things. Another big issue with Dubai is like in the best way possible, we're still so young, you know, as a as a city mm-hmm. and it still feels like a like gold rush. Okay. So people are coming in and going out and people just take advantage of other people. Nobody's here to build long-lasting relationship. Nobody's like uh, many people are not here to build long-lasting relationships, and f- with that, there is no collaboration in mind with what is the end vision, what is the end goal, how can we work together, and that trickles all the way down into um, your corporate culture. Yeah. Like people can be working together for five, ten years, and just never have dinner together you know and yeah. to me that that that's something that's a negative yeah. you know so you're not developing that relationship you're not developing that relationship i think there's many other elements to that that come into play like social class things like that of but course. it's yeah. still like it's still a big issue mm-hmm. you know yeah so companies try to change that but i still think it's like a challenge yeah man dubai is an interesting place because I think, like you said, it's tiny. So everyone kind of knows everyone. I always say you're always in Dubai. You're three people away from knowing, like, anyone. Like, figuring out, oh, you're this guy. Oh, I know him. I'm his friend, his friend, his friend. That's how you get the connection. So it's very easy to very easy to get to that. It's tiny. Yeah. It's unbelievably tiny. Yeah. And you, if you leverage that, you're going to win no matter what. Sure. You know? Yeah. You like, I think we are, and we've discussed this before, but us as a group, 
we're a group of 25 people, 20, 25 people. You know, really, if you look at it, yeah, we've yeah, known yeah. each other for 25, tw- a minimum of 15 years. Yeah, yeah, minimum. Absolutely anybody in Dubai, we can get a hold of. Between our co- between all of us? Yeah, probably. Absolutely, definitely. Mm. Absolutely anybody, anything that we want, we can get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Is a guarantee. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah. So it's a good thing, but yeah. it's also a bad thing. Sure. You know, so. Uh, so I wanted to get your advice on something because so like now with this whole podcast, I'm going to be, I'm going to have to promote it, you know, across like whatever channels and all that. And personally, you know me, like I don't, I'm not a self-promoting guy. I don't like to be like, hello, look at me, please. You know, all that kind of stuff. But I also understand if you want, if I want to make this successful, if I want to start talking to more interesting people as well, that I'm going to have to put myself out there in that way. And you're not like that either. But we, with the business, you also have to do that. You have to promote, like you know, self-promote because you just have to. Yeah. There's no other way to do it to, to connect with people to build something. So, what what advice would you give like to someone like me who's like who struggles with that or how to come to become more comfortable or come to terms with that? I learned that very recently. Okay. 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 And literally right now, mm-hmm. what I am, I actually said it just before. Okay. Before we started this podcast, you you said, oh, you're tired, you know, like, let me know. Uh, and I'm like, no, I'm now a different Tariq. Okay. Right? Shift. I shifted. So what I've done, and I have many different examples of these. Sure. Is I've created a complete persona. Interesting. I am a completely different person, mm. you know, and you've seen that in the way I work. Sure. You've seen that in fitness. I am a completely different person for completely different reasons. Yeah. So if I want to do X, Y, it's almost like it's, it could be a disorder. We don't know. But like uh, <laughs> a multiple personality. Yeah, multiple personality <laughs> disorder. But if we want to. If Khaled needs to promote his podcast or his promote his business and genu- genuinely deep inside it's not him. It feels inauthentic. It's inauthentic. Fucking act it, bro. Fucking fake it. It doesn't matter what people think. Mm. It's not you. No. You don't care. Just do it in a way where... You just act it out. Literally, the the statement, fake it till you make it, is because of that. Mm. You know? Literally. Th- look, what, look at every single person that you aspire to be like. Yeah. Look at their traits and just copy them. Mm-hmm. You know? In fitness, literally, like, I'll give you, like, the, the it's very creepy almost. Like, I channel, like literally I become Bryce Lewis, which is the powerlifting champion, and Ryan Doris. I become them. Mm. I literally think as if I am them. Mm. And then I act out training like I'm them. That's how I think about it. With business, I am like, I am fucking Gary Vee or I am Steve Jobs. Mm. You know, like I become Steve Jobs and I act out these things or I act out like I am that, you know, 
it's funny because when somebody told me you are becoming very similar to that the guy, guy mentioned, yeah. I actually did take things I learned from him and I I used them now. Sure. So I acted them out. So somebody caught that. So my advice, like this is just, this is foundational. It's not tactical. It's not like I'm not telling you, hey, go put yourself like... Uh, create social media posts, do this, do that. I'm just talking about the before doing any of that, just create something that you know is not you, but you know is going to get you a benefit. How do you become... Uh, I, compl- I think that's a very interesting idea. And I think it's a very also can be a very useful idea, like you said. My question is, because you weren't always like this, so how do you become comfortable with be, with acting... As we said, in a let's say in an inauthentic way, that's not truly you know to you. How do you just become comfortable? With like, um, okay, this is a situation. I'm gonna act in this complete way, instead of just acting. You know how start I start out small, okay. do it in doses. Okay, were you comfortable getting on the mic the first time? Uh, no, <laughs> no? probably not. No. Yeah. no, over time, yeah, you you became comfortable. Start very small. Yeah, you don't need to like you don't need to become something instantly true you build up into it you know like you don't you don't become you don't become the ma- the biggest thing that you want to be by just starting it you become by doing it consistently over time, over time. and repeating it over time you know so it applies to absolutely everything so me telling you hey do this thing i don't expect and you shouldn't expect that it's going to happen tonight yeah it's going to be like okay what are the things that i want to achieve um in order to do those how am i going to consistently like repeat them in specific scenarios you know mm. the a, an example i can give you that applies to you is for example Joe Rogan. Sure. You know, you are you've taken certain things that you like in Joe Rogan and you've applied it into this personality of yours within the podcast. Okay. Okay. Find many other things from Gary V, from Seth Godin, from whoever it is. Okay. Take those and just start applying them into your daily life because eventually So this is the trick. Eventually, you twist them to become your own version, version of that. Of that. Mm. You know? Yeah. So a lot of things, I still don't have my own version, but a lot of things are my own version of things. You know, like I don't believe in being an absolute dick to people. But if I need to get something done, I need to interrogate people. So I find my own way to do that. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's that's where the trick lies. So if you're like just going back to the question and being like, how do I put myself out there? Start small. It took me 10 years. No, it took me six years to post a photo of my face on social media. <laughs> That's it, took, it took me six years. Why did it take, what, what was the issue? Because with that? it wasn't my authentic self. But then mm. I realized like my authentic self changes obviously it evolves yeah of course and 
if I want to be somebody that is known for something, like literally, if I want to be like a, like, I don't want to be like a Gary Vee, but if I want to be like a Gary Vee and I'm not showing my face, I'm not going to do that. I'm never going to win, you know? Yeah. So I just decided like, you know what? Like I am this person and right now this person is going to show his face on social media and it is what it is. It's good advice. Is it? Yeah. I hope it helps. No, there you go. Look at him plugging it in. No, I think it does. Um, I wanted to say you uh, say first of all thank you so much, my G, for no for coming yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. I really appreciate it, and I wanna. So Lewis House does this. Uh, I forgot to do it with Ahmed the other day, but he does this. He acknowledges his guests, so I wanna acknowledge you cool. for what you've done and what you've accomplished and all the different things that you do. And I respect it a lot. Thank you, and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Anything you wanna leave people with? Last bits of uh, last bit of advice to take home. Yeah, uh, listen to your instinct, listen to your gut. And if you truly believe in something, don't listen to other people and just go with it anyways. Perfect. Awesome, bro. Thanks so much again, Habib. Thank you so much. Thanks to everyone else for listening. Really appreciate it, guys. And as always, hope it helps. Peace.